Friday, February 2nd. This is uh, uh, season two, episode five of Mind Body Evolution. Hi, Josh. Hi, Eric. What are we talking about so today? So today I, I have been uh, thinking about some of my uh, prior podcasts and I've been getting worried in the way I sometimes do about uh, sort of the future and the way, the way civilization could end. And um, I'm particularly worried about uh, sort of a handmaid's tale situation happening because of the uh, coming demographic collapse that we're facing. Uh, so we talked earlier about uh, R versus K and how uh, education of women was going to save the planet. And I completely agree with that because uh, in the 70s and 80s, we were looking at a neo-Malthusian collapse of everything, really almost end of life on Earth or at least like just overpopulation, overpopulation. Everything's everyone would be sick all the time and we'd be eating each other. You know, uh, uh, you know, it was it, we were we were heading to really bad times. Yeah. Uh, and by lowering the overall global population, we have saved the world. However, uh, our entire economic system is not built to work without growth. So we've been making everything to work again, with this, again, capitalism. Yes. Uh, really fantastic growth rate from this, from, from the sixties till, till today, we've doubled our population. If we doubled it again, we would be in, in big trouble. Uh, but this has spurred everything. And with, with often the sort of, um, uh, the, the foundation of, of wealth being the, um, uh, the real estate, uh, business. And when real estate collapses, the whole economic system collapses. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you don't have people to get into the houses, Real estate can't keep going the way it does, mm -hmm. uh, and so if everything is—I mean, this is this is exactly what we're seeing happen in China right now. We're this, seeing this, many yeah. of these things connected, mm -hmm. and so when, once your demographics starts to have problems, your economic system starts to have problems. So this first happened in Japan. There was a collapse of their economics, uh, and they they were no longer you know a direct economic competitor uh, with uh, the United States in the in the eighties because their economy collapsed and. It seems like they've never been able to recover. They've just been stagnating. But if you look at their productivity per, per person, they're, they are equal, maybe even a little bit better in total productivity. It's just that they have fewer people who are now working age. And so if you, if you take the fewer people they have and look at their total productivity, they're doing great. Mm -hmm. What they, to keep at zero, they've been doing a fantastic job keeping their economy going. But because they haven't allowed immigration, they haven't been able to grow their economy in any way because they haven't ha because they have a falling demographics. And this is going to be continuing. Uh, and it's very, very difficult to stop. Uh, and so I really wanted to come back into uh, this topic because I was thinking about it um, from the point of view of I'm a professor, I talk to students about this, and for me and the students, it's all about uh, trying to get your kids into college, and the limiting factor is um, you know how many how many university slots there are, and uh, people are having fewer children so that they can put more resources into the children and get them to a good place in college. And that's sort of that was my model. That that's been the story. And realizing that this was essentially a classist model in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to address this because it's not really true. And this was a, this was a model that had been understood by a lot of people. I wasn't the only one. I was just the only one thinking about it in R versus case terms and ecological terms. Uh, the, uh, I was just reading an article by uh, the world bank and the IMF and uh, they were calling it um, quantity versus quality R versus K with a really big, 
uh, classist bent to it. Mm -hmm. So that having fewer children meant better, having better children <laughs> and they would then be more successful because you put more resources into them. So it was, it was my, uh, it was my argument that ecologically was, was essentially unbiased, but had a, had a tendency toward the classist biased and they just went for it. Mm -hmm. They just went whole, whole hog for this kind of thing. And it turns out that the data don't support this. That uh, what is actually happening, except for sub-Saharan Africa, which we'll talk about why that, that might be the data don't support... Don't support a, cl a classist explanation of what's happening with demographics. In other words... It's not just education of women going to college and competing for these college things, causing people to have fewer babies. Okay. Uh, there are other things that are happening. It's... Uh, Across the board, what's happened as uh, women and men's roles have converged. Uh, women are in the workforce. They're not just going to college. And it and it's, doesn't matter how rich you are, women are going to be needing to work. And when they're working, they're going to put off reproducing. And so this is happening across the developing and developed world, across Asia, South America, all across Europe. Poorer countries, same thing as richer countries. <clears throat> economic status doesn't matter anymore. No longer seems to matter for In this case. reproductive rates. You, we, we, we've reached some sort of turning point where the way our culture works inhibits reproduction. It means that both parents have to be working, and so you have fewer children. Our culture is in direct opposition to our evolutionary needs. Essentially. And my arguments about also increasing resources for the children are still true, but it's not just the limited resources of university. It's across the board resources for your children are expensive and you need to work hard to produce resources for your children. And the more children you have, the more divided those resources will be. So my R versus K argument holds up. I just had to sort of take some blinders off that were due to the way I teach it. Mm -hmm. And that had been understood and been seemed to be true. So in the 1980s, uh, the poorer a country was, the higher its reproductive uh, rate was, and the richer a country was, the lower its reproductive rate was. And this was, was a, a, a provable thing from... Across the board and yeah. across time. Yeah. Uh, however, we've now reached a point where that is no longer true. Mm. So many poorer countries have um, a, a lower reproductive rate... The same flattening of that... ...than many of the richer countries. So uh, the United States is one of the richest countries out there. We actually have a higher reproductive rate than most of the rest of the developed world. In 1980, we had a lower reproductive rate. So we're going in the opposite direction. Our reproductive rate has more or less stayed the same. Everyone else has changed. So um, probably our ability actually to uh, uh, have a more egalitarian uh, uh, society has helped us along a little bit. Uh, however, we're not moving in that direction. Most probably the reason for this difference in the United States is our high immigration rate, that we have a large number of immigrants coming into this country and having children. And that is what has really kept us at uh, uh, replacement. Fascinating, especially right now at this no, absolutely. moment in time. So, so the number one way to solve these problems is increase immigration rates because our economy will suffer. And this has been shown. So it wasn't just Japan whose economy suffered as its demographics slowed down. Europe has been doing this as well. Uh, many, many people on the right like to point out that um, Europe's economy uh, is not running as quickly as uh, the United States is. We don't, we're not, we don't have the same... Um, uh, GDP per person. Uh, Europe's is slightly lower. 
Uh, and so they're saying, well, look, this is because of all their social programs. And it's because of socialized medicine that they, they don't work as hard to get their, their, their health care. Um, one, I would say I really like, I, I would like to live longer and Europeans live longer than Americans. So that's one way to make you know, life better is to be living. Um, <laughs> Uh, another thing is that if you actually look at productivity per person, just like Japan, their productivity is just as high. The thing that's lowering their productivity is simply lack of people. Uh, and so they also need more immigration. So now, you're saying we need people to keep the economy going? Uh, the entire way that uh, uh, capitalism is formed is based on growth and based on number of workers producing goods and services and producing a GDP. And if you want your GDP to go up, one way to do that is to increase the amount, number of people. You can also increase productivity, but we've reached kind of a maximum at what we can do in productivity. We've been pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. It's part of what makes us all so tense all the time because we're always pushed, pushed to produce more and produce more and produce more. Uh, you know, Joel, Sounds like we could have a whole episode on just that. Yeah, no, Joel was describing it as, as you know, a really uh, a clever way if you're a manager and you want to increase um, productivity by 10% and you've got 10 people, fire one of them. You've suddenly increased productivity <laughs> by 10%. And so we've been doing this all along. We've been seeing, you know, how... It just we, sounds so backwards. No, and so we, we this, this, this is how, how we've been doing everything. It's how capitalism is designed. It's, it's what Jorge was calling um, uh, the, the maximum capacity. So that you don't want to have extra seats on your airplane. You want to slightly overbook it all the time so that prices go up and it's really crowded when you get on it. So you actually create an unpleasant experience for your customer as a way of maximizing uh, uh, prices and productivity. And so we've been doing this all the time, increasing our stress, pushing it to the edge. Uh, but all of it is based on a um, increasing population if you want to increase growth. Capitalism will not change as population starts going down. There still won't be any seats on the airplane. We will still feel stressed. This stress will lead to lower population rates. Uh, the stress that women feel when they don't have anyone to take care of their kids and they need to leave for work will not go away if we don't do something about it. Now, um, one of the sort of disingenuous arguments that is uh, often given is that the um, the Northern European countries, uh, Scandinavia, Norway, um, are uh, very generous with their uh, family leave and uh, daycare, and yet they still have negative uh, population growth. And they say, see, even, even with generous daycare, you still get negative population growth. This makes me want to use profanity at this I point. I know. Well, see, here's the thing is these people are trying to sell themselves as moderates because they're at least looking at data. However, when you bend data to fit your ideas and your ideology, you are not a moderate, even if you say you are. Uh, and so in my opinion, they are not moderates because what the data actually show is that countries with generous family leave and daycare provisions have higher reproductive rates than comparable countries without them. So if you actually compare apples to apples, family leave really does help. But it's also clearly still not enough. They still have a negative uh, reproductive rate. And so um, I think we need to start going to another level. First thing, we can, do, we can sort of do the low-hanging fruit. While we still globally have an increase in population, we can solve the problems of, you know, what's happening in capitalism tomorrow by having immigrants into our countries. So uh, certainly this would solve a lot of problems in Korea and Japan. 
Culturally, they might have issues with that. It would solve the problems in Europe. Culturally, they have issues with it. Uh, it would solve our problems in the United States. Culturally, we should not have issues with this, but we somehow still do. Many of us remember being taught how great it was to be in an immigrant country. And yet we are completely anti-immigrant. Weren't there a couple of schoolhouse rocks on that? A whole bunch of stuff. It was it was understood that this is what made America great. And somehow we've turned away from this. So that is, that's the obvious short-term solution to a very growing short-term problem of a demographic collapse. But the demographic collapse will still go on. Eventually all those immigrants become Americans and they're rate of uh, reproduction goes down. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, eventually we will be in a world with decreasing population and we need to deal with it. Capitalism will not change in response. Capitalism is still the same in Capitalism Japan. Capitalism cannot change cannot. in response. So, so there will still be the same stress to go to work. There will still be the same stress to compete for limited resources. The housing numbers will not get better. There won't be more seats on the airplane. Do you have a suggestion? Yeah, well, I'm trying to think about ways to address this without leaving our entire system behind. I actually am pro-capitalism if it can be done in a way that doesn't destroy people. Norway, Scandinavia have a good hint at a way to start. Family leave takes a lot of the stress off of women, takes a lot of the stress off of people who, instead of having to go to work, they can take care of their kids. Then you have uh, daycare, they can leave the kids into daycare, and now they can go to work again. It's a way of managing a two-parent working family in a capitalist society that is caring for people actually having families and there's real evidence we don't just need the, the child care we need the elder care we need all of it i'm just talking about ways to reproduce faster elder care will not help us do that no i would like that that's a nice thing to think about but if we're just talking about de demographics child care actually needs to be the main thing because if you have more children working there's more money to take care of the elders and there's going to be a lot of us elders really soon with very few children we need more children before we get the children we should get the immigrants after immigrants then we need to start thinking about daycare and child care but these are also incremental things that will just buy us more time we are really heading towards a global demographic collapse. There might be half the number of people in, say, two generations from now. Uh, it's, that it doesn't sound good. It's, it's, it's not good. Uh, you know, Korea is now at a 0.8 reproductive rate, right? You need two mm. for replacement. That's less than half in the next generation. I, 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 having lived in Korea, I can't imagine them ever accepting immigrants into the country. So they don't have a short-term solution. They can start thinking about the uh, changing things at the margins, increasing daycare. I think they are moving in that direction. It will help a little, but it still won't get them reproducing fast enough. So the only way you can do this is, I like to think about capitalism sort of like tag. You don't really need rules for tag. Everyone knows how tag works. But if you don't play tag with any rules, it turns into tackle tag on asphalt really quickly, and everyone's breaking bones and losing skin. <laughs> so you do need rules for tag to tell each other how not to get hurt, how to play this game. But everyone enjoys it because you understand how the winners and losers work and it all feels pretty fair to you. Even if some people run faster than others, there's still ways to get 
onto base, or you can you can figure out ways to make the game work for everyone, even though it's a very intrinsically understandable competition. I think capitalism is the same kind of thing. We're all competing for goods and services, but we've got to figure out a way that we're not killing each other to do it. And we can change the rules. We can add bases. We can find ways to play without pushing each other's faces into the asphalt. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, I don't think we can live in a world that tries to eliminate competition or to eliminate um bonuses for people who succeed right that that would be a world where you wouldn't have you know people if you, if you couldn't tag someone out who would bother running right <laughs> <laughs> no one would run you'd just sit down and so if you want people to do stuff you need to have a rewards based system that appeals to our sort of you know inner ape that just wants that reward and so the the, the this the, i like the way capitalism works like that it, it intuitively encourages us to get out and do our jobs. Um, but the pain for what happens when things don't succeed has gotten to the point where we're no longer reproducing. And this is problems biologically. So if we want to keep capitalism working, the dark solution would be the handmaid's tale. If you see that women going to work and getting education prevents them from reproducing, and you think that your society will collapse without an increase in reproduction, the obvious easy solution is stop women going to work and stop them going to school. Uh, and Yeah, but the people who think that clearly have never lived with a woman. That's just... I don't think they necessarily care about it. There are people in this country who are avowedly trying to push a patriarchy, just... and this would be the outcome of that. This is how you would do it. You would say, look... To make capitalism work, we can't allow women to be out of the house. It just—it's so science fictiony. It can't. It just—I—I I, I, I see people. I see people actively trying to make this happen right now on television in politics. But it also seems so unreal. All right, now let me tell you why you shouldn't do that. Let me tell you for um, enlightened self-interest reasons. Obviously, it would be bad <laughs> to confine women in their houses for human rights reasons. But let's leave human rights behind. It's also bad for an economy to take half of your workers out of the job force. <sighs> it is bad for society to have half of your population not educated. We have had tremendous growth since it's we've had bad women... for society to have any of your society subjugated. It's I Exactly. So fascism is always bad when you create an other that you then abuse, even if you have a logical reason to make it work. And this would work. You could increase your reproductive rate this way, but you would have halved your productivity and you would end up with, you know, mothers without the education that is now freely being given to their children. More educated mothers end up with more educated children. We know this. We've, we've, we've shown it across the board. And so you would break that cycle as well. So you'd be hurting future generations. So even if you're a, 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 a purely heartless pragmatist and don't care about human rights at all, you should not be looking for a world where we cut half of our productivity. Yeah, but, it, but it seems to me that the people who, who are advocating these things and trying to work for these things and make these things happen, there's no real actual <clears throat> policy that they're trying to, to promote. It's not, they're not really trying to uh, uh, deal with the population issue. They're not trying to deal with any issue at all. It's about power. Okay. It's so about control. Let's not get into the illogic of the way the right wing works. It is, it is right now, um, 
reality free. And so you can't, you can't really argue at, with them uh, in, a, in, a, in a reality based format. And, and I think that's sort of what you're getting at. Um, I'm just trying to say that let's imagine there are people who engage with reality. I'm trying to talk to those people. Uh, and that there is a... Forgive me, I had to have that out I, I understand that. That there is a, a, a logical, cold-hearted, somewhat evil reason to not lock women away in their houses. To say, I want it for the economy. Women need to be part of an economic system that is a modern capitalism. We would be losing, uh, you know, more than half of our productivity. We would be losing the components of women being productive and being educated, and also uh, women's function of increasing the education of a, of a family and, and improving the chances of a, of, a, of, a, of a child becoming educated. So all of these things um, are, are would, would lead to a disaster uh, for yeah, society. People have already retire. proven that they really don't care about that. But don't yes. care about disaster, but yes. Anyway, I, I'm just trying to give the, 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 the reasons for it. If you, say, wanted to keep society and didn't mind helping people (laughs) (laughs) and wanted to make life better for people and increase reproductive rates, the way to do it would be to give capitalist rewards for reproduction. For example, not just daycare and not just family leave, but actual free education for parents. If you have children, free education. a boost up in the job world in some way. So right now, if you're male or female, mother or father, doesn't matter your gender, the more engaged you are with your family, the less you are engaged with your job for a period of time. This has a long-term cost to you and your family. You lose momentum in your your career, uh, and there's no way around it. And the best you can do is sacrifice a little family and sacrifice a little career and kind of balance it. And women have been doing this for a long time. Men are trying to figure out how to do this, but it's a cost for everyone. It means that people in families are not as rich as people without families. And we all, as rational actors, see this and are less likely to have more children. So this is something where capitalism is going to keep on causing us to have fewer children. Now, if I saw an advantage, if everyone saw an advantage early in your your lives, at the age of 18, you get a free college education if you have a child, and that child has daycare all the time, and that's not just for the mother, but also for the father, you're going to see a huge population spike. If, say, you didn't want it at 18, you wanted it at, say, 30. 30 is a good age to have kids. You're a little bit more mature. Uh, You might be able to um, uh, uh, have more resources. But this is a time when a lot of parents end up having a big gap in their career because they have kids in their 30s. And suddenly all the people who are just starting their career in their late 20s have a big gap. The ones who don't have children keep moving forward and the ones who do get left behind. And so that's what we're all feeling right now. How do we stop that? There has to be some way to um, have, you know, actual advantage in the job world because you have children. There has to be something where we're no longer privileging the people who didn't sacrifice family in favor of career, both males and females. Um, You know, there's still a lot of um, societal aspects to this. So the, 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 word for a working mother in Germany is bad mother. 
Um, and that's a real problem. Uh, so we need to start thinking about, is a working father a bad father? Uh, you know, are we, what we need to think about is how do we make good mothers and fathers who can work? Uh, and there needs to be a career advantage to having children if you want capitalism to reward children. So both educational and career aspects have to stop inhibiting children, right? It's very difficult to have children and go to college. So people who want to go to college don't have children. It's very difficult to have a job and have children. So people who have jobs don't have children and we end up in a demographic collapse. I don't want to live in a world where we then insist, okay, women can no longer have jobs or education so that they'll have children. This will be terrible, not just for women, but for society as a whole, for next generations. We will be terrible people living in a terrible world if this happens. And so the only other opportunities we have uh, to keep a capitalist functional system that rewards people for effort is including families as that effort and a way of rewarding them. Uh, it could be straight out cash grants. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't tend to be enjoyed by a lot of um, particularly on the right, just giving money to people for having no, babies. No, but it certainly changed the lives of many people during the pandemic. I mean, Absolutely. It was a real thing, and there yeah. was a measurable difference. Yeah, and if we'd kept that up, I bet we would have seen a measurable increase in the number of children out there. Yes, uh, yeah. very possibly. Yeah. If, it makes, if it makes it substantially easier to have the kids over yeah. the long term. So ba basically, just from a, from a cold-blooded system, you need to increase the rewards for having children and decrease the penalties for having children. And this is not a class-based thing that has to be across the board. It's not just about getting into college as, you know, sort of I was thinking about it as a professor. Uh, this, is, this is something that is across country and across income level. The only places where this is not happening, Sub-Saharan Africa, is simply because they're still largely in traditional societies that are um, subsistence farming. If you're a subsistence farmer, you want to have lots of babies. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, there was this economic divide between developed world living in cities, having lower reproductive rates, and subsistence farmers in the countryside basically everywhere who are having more children. As soon as that changes, even if you're a farmer today... Uh, an American farmer is not going to have as many babies because his kids also have to go to college. His kids, males and females, also, also have to work in a way that isn't just working on the farm the way it had always traditionally been done. These are people who have to be able to program their tractors to run along their laser GPS guided uh, <laughs> uh, uh, fields with their, with their, you know, very calculated um, uh, uh, fertilizer uh schedules uh, for, you know, particular watering schedules. Everything is very, very precise and takes a lot of work, takes education, takes resources. And so, you know, if you're an American farmer, you're not likely to have more children necessarily than someone in the city is having children today. There, there, there is no longer any difference. You're also not necessarily tremendously poorer. Um, the people who are poor, who are still having babies, are uh, generally uh, immigrants, sometimes illegal immigrants, who are coming in to do the field work in the, in the farms. The absolute bottom of the agricultural level still having uh, fairly high reproductive rates. And it's probably what's keeping uh, America's, uh, uh, United States' um, reproductive rate above replacement at the moment is, is immigration, uh, and hmm. mo mostly in the agrarian sector. Uh, so these are people who are coming from uh, developing world farming 
type communities and moving into the same thing. So they, they, they keep their reproductive rate up for a while, but the but next generation will continue it. Then their kids are American. Are Americans, exactly, and, and are going to have low pre reproductive rates. So again, first solution to the problem, more immigration. Second solution to the problem, uh, more family leave and better daycare options. But then we need to start thinking about actually increasing the benefits and decreasing the costs to actually having children. I'd love it if there would be a way to make that happen. Me too. I, I, I just see the, I see the solutions as clear and as better than the evil solutions, both, both for the individual people and for society as a whole. You'll be yeah, living in a better making, place. Making the, the problem here is that making the work world a place that has benefits for parents is a, is a, is a, is a almost impossible task now because it seems like it's anti-capitalist. It seems like there's no way to benefit a company when people are coming and going and have to disappear and not be there or how do we work past what I mean companies will fight this are you going to legislate this are you going to tell private companies how they have to run yeah, and yeah it would be difficult to figure out but it would have to be something like this so seniority would have to continue this um, is, this is th something that's going to take a cultural change we it would have to be a cultural change the beginning is immigration and daycare. These are things where we can see the clearly not a huge cultural change and something that we can do to buy ourselves time as we figure out how to get on There's this. There's no doubt that we need we need childcare in this country. That's... But the the other options are eternal stagnation uh, and economic uh, collapse uh, while everything gets tighter and tighter. And so that's what we're heading for. So if, if we don't change anything, we, 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 we manage to keep relatively free society so we don't imprison women in their houses. We keep everything the way it is. We just keep moving forward as our demographics just slowly wind down. Things will not start feeling better. We can live in a population that's half the size it is today. It might be only 50, 70 years in the future might be that. Uh, it could happen really, really quickly uh, and still feel the same pressure and still be lowering population because no. we still have the feeling of there's no more seats on the airplane. 70 years from now, there's half the population and still not enough seats on the airplane. Right. Still a housing issue. Yeah. This, this could easily, easily happen. But this is where could, we're heading. We could stop this, this process. We can slow it down, which would be a first thing we can, we can, we can start addressing it and then we can start thinking about how, how to solve it. It's a lot like global warming. We, 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 we see the disaster coming. We probably won't do anything about it, <laughs> but we have some really obvious ways to at least slow it down. And hopefully there will be enough rational people that will realize that we simply need more people to come to America to do our jobs and that we need ways for women to do their jobs uh, and still have babies and you know they can they can at least have daycare this, this is this is a short term but will help all right well again a hopeful message a hopeful message I really try and think of hopeful messages even though you know we can see some disasters that could happen so there's 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 handmaid's tale there's yeah, you're, status you're, quo you're bringing you're bringing the terror and 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 the way out yeah and and then there's 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 what we do if we actually think rationally about this. All right. Well, thank you very much, Josh. Thank you so much, Eric. Until right. next week. Yep. <laughs>